0: today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth.
1: Paul is saying, you know what, present yourselves a living sacrifice. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. God wants us to obey His ways. We are obedient unto God no matter what He asks us to do. Is that your heart? No matter what God has called you to do, are you going to be obedient? Are you going to be like Barak that says, no, (laughs) I'm only going to go if you go.
0: No matter who you are, what your skills or resources are, God is calling you to something. And as a believer, you can't ignore it. As Pastor Eric tells us today, it's easy to get caught up in self doubt, but God knows what He can do with each of us. He can clear away the fear and doubt so you can start serving Him. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 4, verse 11, with his continuing study entitled, Why Do We Worship?
1: And if you are professing Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you're saying, I am crucifying my desires of the flesh because I want the Spirit of God. You're crucifying this. This is a huge statement. All those who are of Christ have crucified the flesh. Have you crucified your flesh? Crucified means kill, destroy, not hang on to. Not put it on on Friday night when you're going out with the fellas. Out to the bar. Not going out at night because you want to go do your own thing. That's not crucifying your flesh. That's walking in the flesh. And we are told if we are in Christ, we have crucified our flesh. That is the big deal. If you belong to Jesus, you should not be walking in the ways of the flesh. If you are walking in the ways of the flesh, Paul says that those who practice such things, he said what, you guys, will not inherit the kingdom of God. If that doesn't wake us up tonight, I don't know what does. If that doesn't wake you up, that if you're walking in the flesh, and we read that list of walking in the flesh, Paul says it in Galatians. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Heavy, but praiseworthy. Why do I say that? Because God loves you so much to tell you to stop walking in the ways of the flesh, to walk in the ways of the Spirit, and give us a chance to repent and ask for forgiveness. And we know in the Bible that Jesus is just to forgive us. And so because of that, Jesus is so worthy of our praise, you guys, because if you are walking in the flesh, you have an opportunity to repent and to get right with God and to start walking in his ways. You're still breathing. You can still repent. That is praise worthy. (laughs) Praise God for the forgiveness. Praise God for his grace, his long suffering, his mercy, his slow to wrath. Because many of us can fall into walking into the flesh. But if you do, be quick to repent. Don't do it at all. But if you do fall in, repent. Ask for forgiveness. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to fill you up. I want to walk in those ways, Lord. I want to walk in your ways. And I believe that he will help you. Walk in the Spirit even when accountability is not around. The Israelites didn't do it. Ehud was living, then he died, and then they went crazy and went off on their own way. So many of us can do that too when accountability is not around. When you go home, when you're all by yourself, no one else is looking. You can go into your own fleshly desires, but don't do it. Walk in the Spirit, even when accountability is not around. Continuing on in verse 4, now we're going to look at being obedient. Now Deborah, a prophetess, Uh, The wife of Lapidoth was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Verse 6. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinom, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river of Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey. You are taking, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And we'll stop right there. Now we see Deborah coming in on the scene. And Deborah, you guys, we learn in the passage, is a prophetess. She's a prophetess. And yes, God uses women in a mighty way. God fills women with the Holy Spirit, with the gifts of the Spirit. But we don't have time to go into that study. We're going into this one right now. But she was a prophetess and she was a wife, and she was a judge for Israel at this time. And we see in our text that the people of Israel would come to her for judgment. They would come to her for judgment. And so then, one day, she sees, uh, she, she wants to speak to uh, Barak. And she says, hey, has not the Lord God of Israel command you to go and to deploy troops? Go and deploy troops. Take with you 10,000 troops with you because I will bring uh, Sisera, uh, Jabin's commander of his army. We're going to have him come and I'm going to have him delivered into your hand. The Lord was speaking through Deborah. And what does Bar- Barak say? He says, I'm only going to go if you go. I'm only going if you go. And Deborah just got done saying, God's speaking through her. What did God just say? I will deliver him into your hand. Where's what, what the question about that? But anyways, he stands up and he says, I'm only going to go if you go. I'm not going to go if you don't go. So Deborah tells him that she will go with him. But guess what? You will not have the glory because God will give the glory to a woman. So, as we continue on, Barak gathers the troops, and in verse 11 he says, uh, "It says now, Heber the Kenite of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the terebinth tree at Zainim, which is beside Kadesh." And they reported to Sisera uh, that Barak, the son of Abinam, had gone up to the Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Hirosheth, Hegium, to the river of Kishon. Verse 14, Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. With Sisera, alightened from his chariot and fled away on foot. Verse 16. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Harosheth Hagium, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. Now, we're going to pause right there. I know, right at the tip of the, the, the story, right? But I want to look at Barak's, his decision-making of not rising up and going when the Lord had told him without hesitation. See, Barak had doubts, didn't he? And because of this hesitation, going back to it, God would use somebody else to give the glory of delivering Sisera to He would give the glory of defeating this great general to somebody else. And the thing that we need to remember, you guys, is that God is on a mission, a mission to save lives. And God uses us to save lives. He uses us to share the gospel. Jesus saves lives, but he uses us to share the gospel so people can be saved. God uses us to accomplish his mission But like Barak, we often doubt the calling of God. We doubt the calling that God has placed on us. Why do we doubt? Have you guys ever wondered that? Why do we doubt? Now, this is one thing that I struggle with, and I have struggled with, the calling of God. Did God really call me to do this? Because, you know, my response is that I think I'm foolish or I'm stupid or brainless. There's no way that God could use me. There's no way that God could use you. Have you guys ever thought that, that you're brainless? Like, really, God, you can't really use me. I'm not like a Bible scholar. I'm not like a David Guzik, who's like the brain of all brains. He's the Calvary Chapel pastor in Santa Barbara. I think he's the smartest guy that I know. I don't even know him, just reading about him and hearing him. we think that God must have made a mistake. Well, let me tell you, God doesn't make mistakes. He is perfect. And God uses the foolish. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. I hang on to that verse, guys, because I'm not the, uh, the most eloquent speaker in the world. I'm not the book smartest guy in the world. But you know what? God has called me, and God has called you for a reason too. And know that if you feel foolish, or you don't feel that you are capable, God can use you. God can use you. But we have a choice either to be obedient to his call or else he will give the blessing to someone else. Just as we're reading here right now. The the blessing could have been for Barak, but instead he said no, so the Lord speaking through Deborah says it's going to be to a woman. See, God doesn't stop his plans just because we doubt and say that, no, I'm not going. Okay, you're right. Eric, what was I thinking? Yeah, I got it totally wrong. We're not going to go ahead and do that. You know, I think of the the calling to pastor this church, you guys. God called me to pastor this church, right? And and if I said no, God would then say, okay, I'm done with the work in Coolidge. I'm done with it. Eric, you're right, man. No, God would have continued. God would have continued this work. Why? Well, number one, it's his church. And two, he's on a mission to save lives. He would have raised up another man, and he would have given him the blessings of pastoring this church. But praise God, right, that he is gracious with me, and he's gracious with you in those times of doubting, and he continues to do a mighty work. I just praise God for that. Because God wants us to be obedient to his callings, you guys. Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is reasonable service, which is your reasonable service. Paul is saying, you know what? Present yourselves a living sacrifice. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. God wants us to obey his ways. We are obedient unto God no matter what he asks us to do. Is that your heart? No matter what God has called you to do, are you going to be obedient? Are you going to be like Barak that says, no, (laughs) I'm only going to go if you go? Or are you going to take a step of faith and step out in what God is calling you to do? Because you guys, when we're obedient to God, it shows God our love for him. See, 1 John five one three tells us, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him, who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Being obedient to God shows God that you love him. John continues in 2 John. He says, this love that we walk according to his commandments, this is the commandment that you have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. You want to show God that you love him? Be obedient to him. When he places things on your heart, do them. Because it shows that you love him. By being obedient to God, though, also shows that we have faith in him, that we have faith in God. 1 John 2, 3 through 6 says, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he, capital he, walked. So if we are going to be obedient, that shows us, shows God that we are going to be faithful to him. You know what, Jesus? You did this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you that I have faith in you because I'm going to follow your ways. See, being obedient is better than a sacrifice. It's better than tithing all your money in the world, if you're obedient to God, you know, it's going to be a bigger deal to him if you're just dropping money in there just to say, hey, look at me. I'm a good, you know, money maker," bah, you know, but God would rather have your sacrifice of obedience. And Samuel said that in 1 Samuel 15, 22, which says, so Samuel said, has the Lord has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. If we are disobedient to God, this will lead to sin and death. Romans 5.19, for by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Praise God for that. Some excuses that we throw out when God is calling us. Number one, there are more qualified to do this. Ever been there? There's more qualified than us. Well, that's a bogus excuse. Because look at David. When God was choosing the king, he looked at all of David's brothers. They were all more qualified than David. But God doesn't look at your qualifications, he looks at your heart. Number two uh, excuse that many of us throw out is, there has to be someone before me in line that God wants to use. Somebody who's been serving longer in the ministry. That guy's been coming to church for 52 years. He's got to be the next guy, right? Well, that's a bogus excuse too. Because you look at the story of Ruth. When Naomi's close relative was first in line to redeem Naomi's land and Ruth, but that close relative said, No, I don't want to redeem it for myself. It'll ruin my inheritance. So then Ruth was redeemed by Boaz, who was down the line. So God calls who he wants. It's not according to man's order. Number three excuse that we throw out is, you're not ready. I think we've all probably said this one. I'm not ready. Well, that's a bogus excuse. Because look at Moses. How many times did Moses say, I'm not ready. I can't do this. Uh, I, I can't speak well. He had all the excuses in the world. But see, the thing is that is wonderful is that God knows when you are ready. God knows when you are ready, and God does not call us according to our abilities. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. He calls us when He is ready. So, don't doubt what God is calling you to do. I know for a fact that God wants to use you guys, He wants to use you for His kingdom, He wants to use you for His mission. But are you following through with that calling? What is that small stirring in your heart? Is there a seed in your heart that you want to do for the kingdom of God, but you're saying, I'm afraid, I can't do this? What is it? I know that we have something. God has, if you are a child of God, he has programmed you so you can go out and share the good news. What is it? Tap into your passion for Christ and start serving for him out of the chairs, and start serving. We need to obey him. As Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story, right? Verse 17. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin the king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my Lord, turn aside to me. Do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. He must have been tired, right? Running away from the the Israelites. (laughs) Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, stand at the door of the tent. And if any man comes and inquires of you and says, is there any man here? You shall say no. Verse 21, the Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple. And it went down into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. <laughs> I would think so. And then Barak pursued Sisera. Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man who you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera dead with a peg in his temple. And so on that day, God subdued Jabin king of Canaan in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin king of Canaan until they destroyed Jabin king of Canaan. Here is remarkable because you guys probably thought it was Deborah, right? That was going to be delivered to, or God would deliver the Israelites into the hand of Deborah, right? But it was JL. And JL, you guys, it was known for her, it was common during this time for the woman to be driving the tent stakes in the ground. So she had practice in this. Okay? So she takes the tent peg and drives it in that dude's temple. All the way. Okay, you're like this, all the way into the ground. That lady must have been buff, man. (laughs) She probably was like ripped out to drive that thing in the ground. I have a hard time with a tent stake like that, like this round. Man, God delivered Sisera into the woman's hand. I bet a Barak When he saw that, when he saw Cicero with a tent peg in his head, he was probably like, man, that is awesome. I wish I did that. But it could have been him if he would have been obedient. So what is the conclusion, you guys? The conclusion is walk in the spirit. Be obedient, right? Jesus has paid the penalty for our flesh. Take away our sinful ways on the cross. And if you believe that Jesus has done this for you, then walk in His Spirit. Don't go back to the ways of the flesh. Be obedient to Him. And remember, we are bondservants of Christ. What is a bondservant? A slave who was purchased. And guess what? You were purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we need to walk in His ways and obey Him always.
0: You've been listening to Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth, of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel Coolidge, can be downloaded from our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520 723 7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 520 723 7047. We are so blessed by the technology that we have these days. Most of us have numerous versions of the Bible. Now, with mobile technology, we have the Bible right on our phones and tablets. Grace to the Hearers is available in podcast format. Simply log on to grace to the and follow the links to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast or simply search for Grace to the Hearers in the iTunes store. Again, our web address is www.gracetothehearers.com. Finally, we'd like to ask that you prayerfully consider helping us continue to expand the radio ministry of Grace to the Hearers. You can do so by securely donating a gift of any amount at gracetothehearers.com. Just click on the donate button. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges, right here on Grace to the Hearers.